Hey y'all, welcome to Poetry for Black Girls, a conversation where we discuss poetry, healing, and everyday tips that you can incorporate into your life to make life a little less stressful. I am your host, Angelina, a licensed social worker and a black girl. Here we go. Y'all, I just wanted to come to y'all with an episode about um, taking a break from dating and just give y'all an update on that experience. Um, I do want to share with y'all just a poem. It's very short. One that I wrote uh, while I was feeling super lonely. Like, (laughs) I was like, what is this? I don't like this. This isn't giving what it was supposed to have gave. So here we go. I don't understand the assignment. Why am I doing this? What's the purpose again? Please remind me of why I'm spending this time alone. It's so much easier to deal with the hassle of a prospective partner, never to be my husband. It's so much easier to entertain him than to be alone with me. I am often reminded of how lonely it is. It's not that I don't enjoy my own company. I just think about what could be. As long as I'm distracted with me and my things, I can be in solitude. But the moment things are no longer on my to-do list, I'm a mess. Among my own curiosity, scared to continue to sit in this place of void. Like, what's next? Is this truly my choice? What was the point again? Okay, so one thing I want to share with y'all on this journey is that you when you decide that you want to focus on yourself and you want to not date all other people that didn't want you back then now they want you and i just think that's so interesting because it's like where was you at when i was looking for a relationship (laughs) where was you at when i was open and available and wanted somebody like people that people just come out of the woodworks. I'm telling y'all, people I haven't talked to in literally eight years, been following me on Instagram, been watching my stories, ain't said nothing. We dated eight years ago. Now they coming back talking about some, oh, I've been thinking about you. I've been following you. I'm single now. Um, Can we date? Can we like go on dates? Can I get to know you again? And I'm like, what? But what I learned in this podcast, Black Girls Heal, Um, It's teaching me so much about the uh, taking a break from dating and the no contact, which I will go into detail and tell y'all about. But when when you become unavailable, you attract unavailable people. So the reason that I have started attracting all of these people is because while they seem available, they really are unavailable. Let me tell y'all, the people that have been reaching out to me and been trying to talk to me while I've been single... Once I entertain them and I get to know them, I realize they're not actually available for a a genuine, um, productive relationship, like a healthy relationship. They're not actually open for that. They're not over their exes. They're still dealing with baby mama drama. They're emotionally immature. They don't put in a time and effort to be emotionally, physically you know, available. There's some intellectual intimacy that's not there. Like they're not truly available. And it makes sense because I put myself as not available. 
So I think in the past when this has happened to me, where I have decided that I want to be, you know, single and not available, people have been available for me. And I used to think it was flattering. I used to be like, oh, my gosh, like now all these people want me. Why y'all didn't want me when I was single? Or, yeah, like I would be in a relationship and then all the exes and stuff will come out. But I'm noticing that that pattern, mm -mm, it's not really a healthy pattern that is something to be um, praised or excited for. Because why is it that when I decide I want to be single, everybody want me? Like, I'm learning that the, the kind of the energy around that is people are actually unavailable and so it's not really flattering because it's like I'm attracting people but I'm attracting people that are unavailable so it's like okay you attract what you are like I'm unavailable I decided I don't want anybody at this moment and of course I'm attracting unavailable people so that's just one thing that I've learned on this journey to start looking at people that warn me now and looking at, are they truly available? Like they may be, they may say they're ready for a relationship, but emotionally, physically, you know, are they truly available? And nine times out of 10, it's a no. So uh, story time, me and my friend went out to eat um, last weekend and we I was trying to cultivate a healthy friendship with my friend um, and work on building the friendships with my, you know, my close friends, my family, friends I haven't talked to in a while. I told y'all I was going to go see my brother, which I did. I've been spending time with my nieces, my nephew, going to birthday parties, you know, really trying to cultivate the healthy relationships that I already have. And as I told y'all in the episode about taking a break from dating, I've just been replacing dating with all of these healthy ways to invest into myself. So in that, um, I went out, I went out with my friend, me and my friend, uh, go out to eat. And of course there's two guys who are offering to buy us drinks. They want to basically interrupt our time together and insert themselves into our time, <laughs> which was in hindsight really inconsiderate. And I think an older me would have been like, oh my gosh, like he want to buy me drinks, you know, and it would have been like super flattering. But since I have taken time to grow and really, you know, get curious about myself and unlearn those patterns and gain confidence in other things outside of a physical attraction or male attraction to me I start seeing things more clearly so like an older me is like no that's actually inconsiderate like you could buy a drink cool get my number and then say hey whenever you're not with your friend or can I spend some time with you outside of this like I see you with your friend that's somebody who doesn't need to love bomb me <laughs> and um it's it's kind of a healthy I'm going to insert myself, but not too much. What this guy did was, I'm going to call you. I'm going to keep texting you. I'm going to ask, can I sit with you? Can we go to the next place with you? And then he even asked, like, whenever I was, you know, done with hanging out with my friend, can I spend time with him after that? Offering a, he kept bringing up his money and what he could do for me. And I was just like, bro, this is love bombing. And love bombing is when a person, it's like a, it's a manipulation tool that narcissists use to 
prevents you from seeing the real them. So they will give you gifts. They will give you compliments. They will give you time and attention. And it's so that you are not aware of their narcissistic traits, which are to make everything about themselves or to remove you from your family, remove you from your friends and make your life about them. And so I don't think he was doing this intentionally. He's probably not even aware that this is what he was doing, but it was. And once I then began to talk to him more with y'all, <laughs> we're going to get back to that. Like, why did I continue to talk to this man? But once I began to talk to him, text him, talk on the phone with him after that, he kept talking about, you know, his baby mama taking his son away from him. And he was just the victim in this story. Like, in hearing the story, I heard so many things that he could do to pre prevent his current situation, yet he was choosing to be in this um, victim state and have this victim mentality. And honestly, <laughs> um, an older version of me would have put a lot of energy into having conversations with him to help him understand or fix or talk through um, his current situation. But the new version of me does not put herself into other people's problems. She is not a people pleaser. She does not go above and beyond to try to fix things or take on burdens that are not hers. She is not his therapist. <laughs> she just met him. And it took me going through my recovering codependent you know, journey. I have a tattoo on my thigh that says ascending and it has a mountain on top of it because it represents the journey I went on last year around this time in November of 2021 when I started this podcast um, of me ascending. I have ascended, right? I have gone up this mountain and I have grown and come out of taking on other people's problems. And that's, t that's taken me like being serious and being honest with myself and realizing that I have some ugly parts of me that wants to feel validated and needed because I help other people. So like an older version of me would have felt some type of validation and self-worth because I was able to sit down and talk through his situation with him. But I just met him. Y'all, I had just met him. I don't know him. And he obviously wasn't in a place to want to grow. And he didn't ask for it either. <laughs> he just started talking to me about his baby mama situation, which that wasn't the time or the place for that anyway. I just met you. I'm trying to get to know you and what you like and what you into, you know, the, the basic things. Like we literally 24 hours in and I know everything about you. That's that's too much. Like. Getting to know somebody um, in a genuine, you know, process when you're just truly getting to know somebody step by step, it takes time. And that felt very rushed. And because I have been through a, a stage in my life where I have taken a break from dating in the past and where my, fo my main focus is not, oh, I'm only worried about who I can be in relation with. And I started worrying about being in relationship with myself. And y'all have heard on this podcast where I've talked about me starting to love myself more and in the um episode, in the podcast episode about taking a break from dating with me talking about the things that I've invested in, 
they all include having a better relationship with myself. So, um, I have decided to do a 90-day cleanse. <laughs> and I learned this technique, this tool from the Black Girls Heal podcast. I will put her episode in the show notes because it is so powerful. I've listened to it twice um, because I wanted to go over how to do this. And my first step in doing this was to cut off the toxic situationship I was in, uh, which was this guy I was talking to. Shoot, man, it's probably been like eight months now where it's just been this on and off, you know, fling, like us hooking up, me going to his place, him coming to mine. And it's just been really sad because he's expressed to me that he doesn't want a relationship with me. And I think a part of me settled for that knowing I would never receive that from him, but another part of me actually did want a genuine connection. And he also just wasn't considerate when it came down to my finances and my time. Things moved on his time when he wanted them to. We didn't talk when he didn't want to talk. And we didn't see each other when he didn't want to see me. So it was all about what was best and most convenient for him. And I would consider him to be a love avoidant, um, by the Black Girls Heal standards, she determines a love avoidant as someone who basically needs that type of control. They need to be able to dictate when, how, and where they see you. And anything more or less than that is too much for them. So anytime I wanted to see him on my time or my standards, it was like, you're doing too much. You do uh-uh. We, need, we, we don't need to see each other that much. Mm-mm. It's been three times this week. It's been it's been two weeks in a row, you know, and he didn't outright say that, but he definitely did not initiate seeing me outside of him wanting to see me. Like when I wanted to see him, it was he not he not available. Right. But when he wanted to see me, I needed to be ready. And so that's not fair to me. And then me being the love addicted. Um, as she describes it, I take any chance I can to be with him. I am trying to fix him. And I have this fantasy of what love could be like with him. And so that's why I was accepting the breadcrumbs that he was giving me because I'm addicted to it as far as like no time, no amount of time with him could be enough time. Like anytime I got with him was great, but like Really, we couldn't spend enough time together because I needed him to fill a void. And for me, that void was tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I'm worthy. Tell me I'm loved. Tell me I mean something to you. I mean something to somebody, you know. And when we get that fix, like off of anything, caffeine, sugar, uh, drugs, alcohol, when it's doing that fix for you and it's, it's fulfilling that need for you, it's addictive, and so because I identify as a love addict at this point in my life, I want to use the tool of no contact for 30 for 90 days, um, as described in the Black Girls Heal podcast, in order to <laughs> go through my withdrawals and really get clarity on where I am and who I am. And so I started with him. I cut him off. But then this weekend with my friend, we um, 
you know, saw some guys and I did, I did take his number. And that's why I was like, why did I take that man number? Like, why did I continue to text and call him after that? And that was because I was still getting my fix. He was giving me some attention and I liked it. And that's how I knew I was like, I'm love addicted because this man (laughs) is no good for me. Like only thing he could provide for me is a free drink, a date. And I'm not even that kind of girl. Like I, I enjoy nice things. I enjoy free things, but I also really value connection and intellectual intimacy. And I was not getting that from him. So I was like, why am I settling for just some crumbs of attention? And I know I don't really want this guy. Like, so that's why I was like, okay, I really got to make this decision. And I have a friend, a couple of friends that I'm still in communication with that I know you know, if things were to take it there, they might want to be intimate with me. Like it could possibly happen with them. And so it's like, why do I keep them around if I know I don't want anything past friendship with them? If I know I want to keep it strictly platonic, but there's always a possibility of it being more. And that's because I like the idea of being wanted. I like the little flirt flirt um flirting that we do even though I say we're just friends I like the idea of knowing that somebody wants me and who doesn't who doesn't but at the same time that does not offer me the clarity to really decide who I am and what I am and what I need because I still have these fixes right these little quick fixes where I'm going to get this attention from someone else rather than giving that attention to myself. And so what she says in the Black Girls Heal podcast is to fill your life with things that these people provide to you. And so that's why I have been trying to cultivate relationships with my family and my friends. So today I went and had brunch with a friend and we started discussing um business ideas and it was so fulfilling like it was such a fulfilling conversation um I saw a side of her that I'd never seen before and it was this real like boss mentality it was awesome it was amazing I felt a lot of um intellectual intimacy and that's what I crave um she affirms me a lot and I just in my in the back of my mind I was like man I wish I could offer her more like she's such a great person But I had to remind myself that, like, friendship is not about, you know, it's not about this mutual exchange. Like, it's not a it's not transactional. You know, I would say it is a mutual exchange, but it's not transactional. I feel like I hope that I offer a great friendship and support. And um, I hope that if she feels that I don't, that she that she, you know, find someone who does offer her good friendship and support. But I think overall, it is a mutual exchange. And I'm very grateful to have somebody like that in my life. But because I didn't go on a date with the guy I met last week, (laughs) I was able to really enjoy and bond with my friend this week. And that's where I needed to be. And it filled me up. And so even though I feel lonely, sometimes lonely is an emotion, just like happiness. So it will run its course. But I want to feel fulfilled in my own presence. 
I want to feel fulfilled in my own life. I want to be able to self-soothe without the need of a partner or a connection to another human being in a romantic way. And so I will keep y'all updated with this 90-day um, this ninety day cleanse. And um, Black Girls Hill, she says, you know, if you, after 90 days, if you want to connect back with those people that you were talking to, then go for it. If you still feel after 90 days that that's something you want to do, then do it. And I I started telling people, you know, hey, I'm going on a 90-day cleanse, which means I can't talk to anyone that, you know, I am that I could potentially be romantically involved with or I was involved with in the past. So I'll talk to you in February. <laughs> and most people had good good energy you know it was like okay I'm happy for you and then you could hear the um you could hear the anger in other people's voices but it's just like I mean it is what it is if you my friend today you gonna be my friend in 90 days so why should it matter if you know I'm not talking to you every day like we're just friends anyway we'll see how it goes I'll definitely keep y'all updated on the process um, birthday is coming up, New Year's, Christmas. So I'm going to go through all these holidays with like no emotional, <laughs> um, intimacy with a potential romantic partner, which is kind of depressing, but it just opens up more room for me to, uh, validate myself and validate my friends and family. So I'm excited for that. Uh, my official date that um, I will make 90 days is February 6, 2023. So it'll be right in time for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Who knows? You know, maybe I might find my Valentine after the 90 days. But I'm hoping to have a more clear perspective on intimacy and who I am and what I want and just to have a better relationship with myself overall. So I'll keep y'all updated. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please like it on whatever platform that you listen to this podcast. Leave a comment and share the podcast on social media platforms using the hashtag Poetry for Black Girls. I'll talk to y'all on another episode of Poetry for Black Girls. Bye.